With a record 127 billion or so on deposit with banks and lending institutions in Ireland at the moment, many people are looking for a home for their savings. Whether you're a first-time buyer and saving for a house deposit, a parent who's saving for their child's education, or simply making sure you have enough money for a rainy day, saving for the future is all part of prudent financial planning. But with interest rates at rock-bottom levels, and the environment for savers being extremely poor right now, where can you put your money? In this podcast, we take a look at some alternative savings options where consumers can put their money in today's tough savings climate. Today I'm joined by Dara Cassidy, our Head of Communications here at Bonkers.ie. Dara, you're very welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, today we'll be talking about alternative savings options for consumers at the moment. Uh, so Dara, I suppose we'll get straight into it. And um, the first question I have for you is, uh, at the moment, uh, a lot of our listeners will probably be aware that interest rates for savings accounts are an all-time low. Um, so should that, should people be really thinking about opening a savings account generally, or should they really be avoided? I think it, it, it depends on what your objective is, but certainly the rate of interest that you're going to get on a regular saving account at the moment is absolute pittance. So you're talking about maybe a half of a percent, which is really nothing. So I think if you're looking for your money to work a little bit harder, um, and you have a savings goal for maybe you know saving for a house deposit or even you know saving for you know your, your child's education, you really do want that money to. Grow grow so I do think you do need to look at some other options having said that though people should still be saving although mind you with the 127 billion on deposits a lot of people are or they have money you know that they have available to save and um, usually the experts say that you should have savings of around three to six months your net disposable income and um, so let's say for example your you know your, your monthly income that you get each month is is three thousand euro you should have about 10 grand in the bank, you know, at a minimum that you can access easily in order to, you know, to, to save for that rainy day or to save for that emergency. Um, and, and that should really be everyone's first financial goal and first financial priority. And then once you've gone beyond that, then I suppose you start thinking and looking at maybe ways to, to save and invest. Okay. And as we get go on through this podcast, we'll be getting more in-depth into the alternative savings options. But one of the things I'll, I'll ask you straight out is, um, should people really be thinking about um, hiring a financial planner, say? Um, is there any merit to that to help them manage their savings? It is. I mean, you'd always say financial advice is really, really important. Um, and particularly if you are, you know, you, you have a lot of money that you want to save. So maybe you're going to invest money, maybe you've 10 grand, 20 grand. 30 grand that you've saved up over the past few years then it'll always make sense to get good financial advice so that you you, you don't lose it um, even if you're taking out just a normal regular savings account product where you're just putting in maybe 100 or 200 euro um, you know, a month into some type of a um, regular savings account again it does always pay to get good advice that can be from the bank that can be just maybe you know doing your research um, sometimes you, you do have to pay for it um, otherwise you find Irish people kind of seem to have an, adver- an aversion to paying for financial advice even though you do end up usually paying through fees and charges anyway it just yeah, maybe yeah. isn't quite so apparent but no like I mean when it comes to money um, you know it's important you work hard for us you get taxed on a lot of us so when you have us and you're looking for it to you know you're looking to save you want it to work as hard as you do um, getting good financial advice is always a good idea yeah it's always prudent of course um, I suppose we're not in the business of what ifs, but if what would interest rates, interestingly, like what would they need to be 
uh, in order to see a worthwhile return if you were to open a savings account? Yeah, I mean, so if you take, so did you talk about maybe the gross return and the, and the net return or the, um, so that's the gross return is what you get then before tax is taken. And then you also as well need to take into account inflation, which is what sometimes people forget. So at the moment in, in Ireland, inflation has been quite muted. So at the moment when we're recording, while we're recording this, it's at zero percent. But usually inflation in Ireland and throughout Europe is at between maybe one to two percent. So, you know, you, you want your savings account to be getting at least, you know, matching inflation so that the real return isn't going into zero. You're also remembering or you need to take into account that you'll be charged dirt tax. So deposit interest retention tax, which is currently 33 percent on any gains that you make. So when you take that into account, so when you take into account that you'll be charge dirt at 33 percent and and you know inflation could also be easing into it really you'd want your your savings account or your investment to be returning a minimum of around two to three percent a year for it to actually really be you know be be growing in real terms Um, and like i said um at the start of the the interview really at most accounts at the moment in ireland the maximum you're getting is around 0.5 percent so a half of one percent so really if you're putting your money into you know a regular savings account um it, it, it's not going to earn anything for you in 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 really in real terms although like i said there's no harm having a savings account if you're trying to build up that nest nest egg for a rainy day fund so that you know three to six months of your income and um, but but after that you know having money in um you know on deposits and um, earning 0.5 percent you know it, it really isn't a good idea okay so so what does the future really look like then for savings accounts as they are now like are, are they going to go up in the short term or will it be a long time away i think it's going to be a long time away i think we're really in a low inflate but we're in a low inflation environment at the moment but we're also in a low interest rate environment and um it, it's not a market for savers it's not a world for savers and it could be it could be years it could even be decades before we see interest interest rates begin to go up and therefore savings rates um okay. so it's yeah so it's, it's great if you're looking to borrow money if, if you're looking to take out maybe a big mortgage but if you're looking to save it's it, 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 it's a tough market for savers okay okay and i know there could be a few people shouting at their stereo or their phone or whoever they're listening to the podcast today because they might be saying well should you not pay off any outstanding loans or debts before trying to make money on your savings well, yeah well, that'll probably bring me into my, my first point um, around what to do with some of your savings and one of them one, one of the key points is to look at your debt and see if you could use it to pay down your debt and I think it's a mistake that a lot of Irish people make in that they they have debt let's say on a credit card maybe two or three grand which is costing them 20% interest or 25% interest and yet they have maybe five or ten grand in savings that is earning them absolutely nothing so my my first piece of advice to people if you have any excess savings look at seeing if you have any debt that you could get rid of particularly high interest rate debt so things like overdraft things like credit cards maybe higher purchase agreements things like that you Usually your mortgage debt is going to be the cheapest debt that you'll ever have. So it's usually not recommended that you you worry about that too much. And, you know, the, the, the rate that you could be paying, particularly if you have a tracker mortgage, could be about half a percent and um, up to maybe, you know, three, three and a half, four percent. But certainly if you have, you know, some excess savings and you're wondering what to do with this, uh, paying down existing debt on things like credit cards, overdrafts um, and even loans, personal loans is a really, really good idea. Okay, that's that's great to know. Um, 
I suppose the next thing then really is um, managed funds. What, what exactly are they? Can you tell me? So this is another g- g- good way to to, to 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 save or really invest your money. So a managed fund is a it's, it's a policy that's sold by usually life insurance companies. So if you think of Irish Life, Aviva. Zurich companies like that and basically it is a a policy that would in, that, that would invest in a mix of assets so things like stocks and shares bonds and um, even commodities things like coal oil and gas and because you're exposed i suppose to the f- financial markets there is a far you know higher potential to earn um bigger returns now they always say you know what goes up can go down and obviously the stock markets as we know can go up and down on, on a regular basis but if you have particularly a longer term savings goal in mind so something that is maybe 5 10 15 years away uh, investing in one of these managed funds which will give you exposure like i said to the stock markets and and and, and assets and bonds and and commodities and um, will, will give you the potential for far far higher returns okay. um, as always so you know make sure you get good financial advice and that you don't end up investing in a a, a, you know, a product or maybe a, a fund that that's maybe too risky for your needs so so it would very much so be a long-term savings kind of yeah i mean maybe even five to ten years it doesn't have to necessarily be too long the one thing i would say about these though is that sometimes the taxes and charges and the fees can unfortunately really eat into the investment so with um you know a regular savings account the the tax is dirt which is 33 percent at the moment with a managed fund you're charged what's called life insurance exit tax which is 41 percent so it's very very high still um and, and i would certainly you know always call on the government to to to, to bring that down i think it, it, it's far too high and um, it's only charged though once every eight years so you, your investment at least does get to grow and get kind of you know growth on top of growth so compound growth um and then once every eight years if you haven't taken an encashment or if you haven't taken out money and um, you'll be charged at the forty one one percent but yeah. then if you do go to take out money even if it's after only two or three years you will be charged you know the tax on any gains that you make sometimes as well the tax like the charges like fund management charges and things like that can be quite high so again you know the, the lower the better is usually the case and then sometimes at some of these funds you could be penalized or charged if you try to let's say access your money within five years and so if you're looking for you know short-term access to your money and again this mightn't be the the, the fund for you but this is what your financial advisor when you go to take out the policy and or even if it's not your own personal financial advisor but you will be given financial advice by people in Aviva you know and Zurich and so on they'll go through all of this with you they'll do what's called a fact find a suitability statement they'll chat you and see what your goals are and then they recommend a, a product to you but they're, they're quite popular you know um lots of people maybe some of the, the listeners already have them sure. um and you a quick google will will throw up all the various funds that irish life and zurich and aviva and, and ah, so okay. on have so because a lot of people might be thinking you know that the, these kind of funds seem inaccessible with the way they're worded and stuff like that but it is as easy as just having a google and kind of getting in contact with uh with Zurich or, or one of the yeah no you're right I mean sometimes people might think geez like the, the stock markets and yeah. equities and like if you were to you know personally go and try and invest in you know the price of a barrel of oil or the price of you know yeah. an ounce of gold it would be very very tough but the what's called managed funds is that they're also called kind of some of those group managed funds and that you know everybody is kind of investing together 
It also means you're able to get exposure to things like property as well. So obviously, you know, if you wanted to, let's say, Rob, have access to, you know, the growth in maybe commercial property, you're not going to be able to go out and buy uh, an apartment in, in, in Manhattan or a, a, a residential or commercial, you know, building in, in downtown San Paolo or whatever. As much you know, as I would like to. As much as you would like to. So so these funds can kind of give you exposure to that. And um, they, they are, yes, a more accessible way of, of, of doing that. And certainly with um irish life you know their, their communications in particular i have to say can be really really good they tend to sometimes be slightly on the more expensive side so again look at the fees and charges but i really am a huge fan of irish life and the way they talk about uh, financial advice and um, they've done work with the plain english campaign and yeah. they've won awards for writing so clearly and sometimes it's tough to write about financial products in a clear easy and accessible way so i always say you know to give them kudos for that and they've good online services as well but so do zurich as well so you know you can you'd have an app that you can download and you can see on a daily weekly basis how your fund is doing you know well this is the thing yeah with kind of access to technology now people have kind of the information but also the the technology within the app to kind of to to find out more if they need to yeah absolutely and sometimes you know if you want to even switch funds you can sometimes action that request through the app or you know if you want to um uh, get access to some of your money you can start that um online as well yeah yeah yeah. so so moving on then to the next point um which uh, a lot of people probably might be more familiar with um state savings products yeah so the thing about a state savings product is that you don't pay dirt on this so so this is what really i suppose sets it apart um now the state uh, as i said dirt is is 33 percent at the moment so it is actually quite um high um but with a state savings product you, you don't pay that tax however the rates on offer are still pretty measly unfortunately so no one's going to get rich quickly by investing in one of these and in fact they've even been reduced even further so you know unfortunately don't expect a windfall but looking at some of the returns so there's what's called the 10-year national solidarity bond which is on sale at the moment and that offers a return of just under one percent interest a year or 10% in total over the whole 10-year term. And then meanwhile, if you placed your money, for example, in a five-year savings certificate, you'd get 0.6% a year or 3% over the entire five-year term. So again, it, it's not much, but it's very, very, um, it, it's, it's almost risk-free in, in, in this case. And um, even if you look at that, let's say, for example, that 10-year bond um, paying, you know, 1%, like or just under 1%, like I said, that is um, not going to be t- so that would be the equivalent of maybe 1.5% with a bank because then with the bank to be charged 33% tax yes. if that makes sense so uh, I suppose this, the trend we're seeing here is that the greater risk uh, you're willing to put in the higher return on investment you're going to see yeah that, 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 that's exactly it yeah. and unfortunately um, yeah that, that is one of the key things about saving that that, t- that kind of you know trade off between risk and reward and this is where people often need to have a good think about what it is their objective is you know yes, yeah. and if it is again going back to what I said at the start about just even building up you know your, your three month six month nest egg yeah. nest egg you know you don't want that to be risky you know what I mean because you, sh- you definitely don't want to, to, to lose money um, but if it's for you know saving for you know maybe something that's happening 10 or 20 
years down the line you, you might take a bit more you know of a gamble with things yeah. but certainly with these state savings products there, there's very very little risk like i said you don't pay tax uh, but again the returns on offer really aren't great but if you're looking for somewhere to put your money where you're getting maybe just you know a fraction more than you might get in a regular savings account it, it, it's a good idea to, to check them out you're also not tied into the whole 10 years and the whole five years you actually can access your money at any time although obviously you're then going to miss out on the future you know growth um if, if you do do that um but you know with, with inflation still at practically zero percent um that you know 10-year bond which is giving you you know 10 percent in total over the 10 years you know at, at least it's something but then if inflation goes up you know over the next few years that might eat into the the real return also yes yes so moving then from uh, a less kind of uh, into a more risky option than in, in cryptocurrency, which is obviously very popular at the minute, or at, at least I suppose very much talked about. Um, yeah, I mean, like, okay, so this is like, I have to give like the biggest financial health warning to this. So we we'll yeah. talk about risk <laughs> and reward. These are hugely risky, but this is a podcast about other options. And this is another option. So a cryptocurrency is thing for like Bitcoin is one of the, the most famous ones however there are probably almost half a dozen other popular ones at the moment um, and th- th- the price of some of these currencies has gone absolutely crazy over the past um, uh, over the past few years and some people have made an absolute fortune by investing in these some people have lost an absolute fortune by investing in these as well but if you are someone who has maybe a few grand and you know i always kind of say in ireland we kind of think you know sometimes it's a perception everyone's poor no one has money we know that's not the case there's 127 billion on deposits there are some people out there who are like do you know what i have about two three four grand that if i lost it maybe wouldn't be the end of the world and they're prepared to take a little bit of a risk maybe this could be something that they could look into but again i cannot you know overemphasize just how risky it is and also at the moment with um things like bitcoin and cryptocurrencies you can't really buy a lot of goods and services with them and where you're making the money is is by on 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 the speculation so buying at one price selling at another and having said that some online stores um do now accept bitcoin so in some cases you could actually you know spend the bitcoin for goods and services but in general it is um it, it is mainly just it's on the buying and selling that you actually that that you make the money yeah it's a, it's a, it's an interesting one because um a lot of the kind of a trend i suppose i'm always seeing now particularly on instagram is a lot of kind of these businesses popping up who are saying giving advice and stuff like that and again a massive health warning around those and be be kind of wary of who you go to for advice but um i, I suppose a lot of kind of younger uh, professional single people who would have kind of savings uh, I, I see kind of investing in cryptocurrencies especially because they're so accessible through the likes of revolution now exactly and i suppose that's probably a question other people might say is where, where can i access these and there are a lot of trading platforms but probably the most well known is revolut so revolut has you know revolutionized excuse the pun um banking since it since it came about a few years ago and they do provide quite easy access to investing in in 
in cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. So you're right. And I've, you know, friends, myself, you know, um, guys in their late 20s, early 30s who have who have invested in this and have made a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a punt. Um, but, you know, just do obviously do your research um, things around, you know, access. How quickly do you have access to us um, if, you, if you need it? Um, and again, you know, what can go, goes up can, can obviously, you know, go down as well. Yeah. But, um, you know, the price of Bitcoin is notoriously volatile. Um, it, and it is interesting that you say there, like the, the charges, I suppose, associated, because especially if you're only making a small return, you'd want to make sure that the money you're being charged for the money you're taking out is not more than the return or... absolutely and this can happen this can happen sometimes in with, with pension funds and in, in investment funds where actually the, the the taxes the fees and the charges yes. are actually yeah. eating up all of the growth um and, and and taxes on savings in ireland are actually quite high which is another reason why it's just not it's so not a savers market at the moment you know um but just with bitcoin just just to give an example to you know to, to listeners so you know the, the, it hit a high in mid-december of 2017 of twenty thousand dollars but then actually fell to below twelve thousand so you know an eight grand drop within a few days and then its value has shifted unpredictably ever since so it it it's did this huge increases and huge decreases but but it's just something you know if you are one of those people who has a few hundred or a few grand and you are like listen i'm prepared to take a bit of a punt i'm prepared to take a bit of a gamble it is something to consider as well sure sure so uh, I suppose again another long term one for people looking to looking towards their future is um topping up your pension. Yeah, so when you say to people, you know, what are you saving for? Um, or why do you want to open a savings account? A lot of people will say, well, you know, it's my rainy day or you know, the future you were going to have a lot of rainy days in retirement um, you were going to spend a long time in retirement um, and re- retirement is part of your future so it is definitely something for people to to consider um, at the moment the state pension age is, is 66 although that is going to increase we think um, to, to 68 over the coming years although politically it's a lot of wrangling over it at the moment but if you take you know average life expectancy now is approaching 85 to 90 we could spend close to a third of our years in retirement so you know saving for your retirement is really really important and the reason why you when you're saving for retirement that you want to do it as a pension as opposed to just a normal savings account is because it is so much more tax efficient to save through a pension than it is through a normal savings account don't want to get too technical because i think sometimes when you start talking about tax relief and tax people's eyes just glaze over but the thing about investing in a pension it's first of all it's tax-free growth so it's growth on top of growth so i was mentioning at the start of the podcast that you know with a normal savings account you get taxed at 33 percent every year with your managed fund you get taxed at 41 percent every eight years with a pension you can just literally won't be taxed anything for maybe 20 34 years however long you have the the pension going mm-hmm. so it's really really good and of course you also get tax relief on the contributions which basically means you don't pay tax on any income that you then put into the pension so you know if i said to you rob you know would you like to earn more income tax-free you'd be like absolutely yes, where, do I sign, where do i sign up but that's what a pension lets you do it lets you earn more money tax-free but you just have to put that money into a pension so if you know p- pensions in ireland are chronically underfunded 
the state pension is around 13,000 euro a year um, the average wage in Ireland the average full time wage in Ireland is around maybe 50,000 um, so to go from 50,000 to 13,000 is a huge huge drop and of course there's no guarantee that the state pension is even going to be around in a few in, in a few decades time you know um, my dad always you know rubs me up and kind of makes jokes that you know I won't have a pension when I reach his age and he could actually be right you know um, it, when you actually go down into the figures like it is crazy the, the, the debts that the Irish government is, is, is accruing and there really is like I said no guarantee that the state pension will even be around or that it will be worth as much as it is now so, so saving for the future is just so so important sure and if people listening then are wondering about topping like how would they go about that like how, what's the process there the, there's important thing to do but if you if you are working is tr- chat your employer so every employer has to give you access to a pension scheme now they don't necessarily have to contribute to it but most of them will have their own group pension scheme so chat to hr ask them about you know signing up for the company pension scheme most people when they do start job jobs they should receive a communication about the pension and um, but but some people maybe they just don't sign up or they forget or whatever the case may be so so chat to your employer and see if there's a pension scheme in place if, if they don't they still need to give you access to what's called a personal retirement savings account which is basically just a, a a pension product that is supposed to be clear and simple and that allows you to to, to easily move from job to job uh, and then if you want to contribute to that personal retirement savings account they need to then take you know allow you to take the money out from your salary get the tax relief on it and so forth so i would always say you know if you're in a job chat your employer and um, if you're self-employed get some financial advice and um, or just you know chat to people like irish life zurich aviva uh, um New Ireland and, and so on and they all provide pension products and, and, and they can give you some good advice okay so and just on that point then of topping it up if you did have say a lump sum of maybe three four five thousand euros that you wanted to uh, that you saved up from from uh, being in lockdown would it be better to put that you know top it up you know regularly in installments or maybe to put on through a lump sum or does it make a difference even? well you know you can do that I mean you can at the end of the year at the end of the tax year if you want to make a lump sum pension contribution um, into a pension you, you can do that um, and then you'll still get the tax relief on us as well so you'll get a little bit back you know which is absolutely great um, but you it's a pension top up they're sometimes called AVC so additional voluntary contributions um, now there are limits to how much you can invest in a pension um, and, and still get tax relief the vast majority of people do not reach those limits like I said we are underfunding our pensions and not overfunding them but just maybe something to bear in mind that there is a limit each year depending on your age as to how much you can actually invest but yeah you know you know you can obviously do it regularly which is probably the best thing to do so that you're just building it up gradually and you know you 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 know how much hopefully you 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 will have in 20 or 30 years but if you do come into a lump sum or you haven't been investing you can obviously start off by just investing at all you know Okay, okay. So the, uh, moving on, then I suppose the the next one is an in- another interesting one: um, uh, retrofitting and and going green for for homeowners. Yeah, so there's obviously a lot of talk around you know climate and climate change, and we all know that we need to be doing our bit. Um, and you know, houses in Ireland and homes tend to not be the most energy efficient of of 
of, of buildings unfortunately um and one you know g- good way to to use your savings is is to look at making energy efficiency improvements around the home and um, because it's a real win-win because not only are you doing your bit for the environment by you know reducing your carbon footprint you'll also be helping to lower your heating bills you know and as we all know i think in ireland with our cold damp climate you know heating is is pretty expensive um now some of those retrofits don't come cheap so when you're talking about putting in a brand new heating system or you know attic insulation and wall insulation it can be quite expensive but the seai which is the sustainable energy authority of ireland does have grants and um, so things for like putting in solar panels and heat pumps and all that type of stuff and um, so i'd advise people to, to, to check them out um, and then also lots of the the banks now such as you know aib on post have you know green loans which are reduced interest rate loans for people who are making energy and um, efficiency and imp- uh, improvements so even you know if you only have a few grand in savings and you might think well i don't have enough to kind of make the improvements actually you know you you, you could still do it by, by taking out an, an seai or getting an seai grant um or, or or a low interest rate loan and like i said then you're you know you're, you're saving money to, to earn money in the longer term yeah so again it's another kind of one for the long term so it's a short term like expenditure i suppose but um you'll be saving money when your electricity bills really like yeah i mean like so much heat is, is wasted um, like, i mean people will probably be familiar familiar with um you know, building energy ratings or a ber rating which can go from a all the way down to g like newer homes now have to have an energy rating of i think it's actually a but certainly maybe from b3 up most people will be living in homes that are c d e f g you know meaning they are literally just wasting so much money and um even it's also as well even making your home more comfortable even if you don't save money just going into your house house in your apartment and it's always warm and it's not losing the heat and you know you're not going crazy because somebody left the door open and left out all the heat you know yeah but um but but really the the the, the objective is to you know um use less energy save money on your bills and do you do your bit for the environment as well yeah i, I think it def- it's definitely uh one to to uh, i suppose remind people of because even the smallest change will make a big difference to your home energy like uh, what you're paying every Month. yeah i mean it could even just be new windows you know new um windows, double yeah. triple glazed windows um uh, obviously solar panels are now increasingly popular and you see them now increasingly on, on roofs around the, the the country which is really really great and um, a heat pump system is another way of, of working which uses the the air to, outside to heat your home um, or even wall insulation i know my own parents have got that done yeah it makes such a big difference to to, to the uh, I suppose it would add to the energy rating in your home, yeah. but also just the heat, the sheer heat loss that goes out through the walls of those lower energy rating homes yeah. that you mentioned. Yeah, and um, like I said, it's a perfect example of you know save spending money to save money in in the future, or even as well you know maybe using your money to buy an electric car, for example. You know, because um, electric cars don't come cheap. Um, you're usually looking at a you know twenty twenty five grand, unfortunately, to, to buy one. Um, but you know you will really save on petrol and and diesel uh, and again you can you know when you look at maybe the the, the, the midterm you know, maybe over, over the course maybe five to eight nine years the money that you're saving on petrol and diesel and on motor tax and um, can more than you know account or for, for the increased cost at the start 
Okay, that's very interesting uh, for people to know, I think. Um, then finally then, uh, just uh, specialised saving products. Can you tell me a bit more about that, maybe? Yeah, so unfortunately there aren't quite so many of these, but this is where if you have a specific savings goal in mind, it can um, it, it, can, it can pay to invest in one of these. So the main ones maybe for, for, for children's savers accounts. So for example, if you, AIB, have a junior saver account, which is aimed at kids from 7 to 11, and it offers one percent interest again, not a huge amount, but at least you know it's it, it's better than the half a percent that you'd get with other uh, banks. Um, and again, like I said, it's aimed at kids from seven to eleven. Um, but you know, a lot of people save for their kids, or they're saving for their children's education. So you could open one of these, you know, f- for your kid and put in some money and earn a little bit more. And then the EBS currently also has a children's savings account, which again offers one percent. Now the amount that you can invest in these sometimes is only ca- capped at between maybe one grand to five grand because again it is supposed to be aimed at savers but there's nothing to stop you opening I suppose an EBS one um, and putting in one or two grand then opening an ARB one and putting in another one or two grand and getting one percent on each uh, on each account and um, again one percent is pittance and you'll pay tax at at 33 percent but it's just something for maybe people to to consider and then if you're looking to say for a house deposit um bank of ireland have a mortgage saver account and this offers two thousand euro bonus interest on your savings and if you then go on to draw down a bank of ireland mortgage and there's a few other terms and conditions you know you have to save a certain amount and the, the biggest term and, and condition is that you then have to take out a, a Bank of Ireland mortgage. But, you know, €2,000 extra in, in interest is nothing to be sniffed at. Um, so, uh, yeah, so you know, if, you're, if you're saving for your new home or your new apartment um it's it, it, it's not a bad idea ulster bank has one as well which is very very similar again gives you two thousand euro bonus interest it is still technically actually open to customers although as we as we well know ulster bank has announced it's um it, it's exit from the market but it, it is still technically open for business for the next few months at least so you know if you're a first-time buyer um either one of those products i i i i I'd recommend, you know. Okay. And just to kind of, I suppose, wrap up the conversation today, what would you consider like the least risky alternative to a savings account? Because I know a lot of people might be like, oh, savings account, I don't really want to go down that option because, you know, with where it's still possible to earn interest. Yeah, I would say back to the managed funds that we that we talked about at near, near the start of the, the podcast. Um, when you invest in one of these funds, I mean, usually there's a whole host of different funds you can choose from that can that that would invest, like I said, in a whole host of different things. So you could do one that invests maybe in you know, only a small amount of equities, but will still give you maybe exposure to some you know property, government bonds. Um, so so to me, I would say yeah, you know, just a, a low risk managed fund which um has the potential for a little bit of growth but equally is you know is, is unlikely to be to be hugely volatile but again with you know managed funds i would always say they're not great for people who are looking for very very short-term access to money um because like i said they can sometimes be you know kind of early, what i call early encashment fees or penalties if you try to access your money within the first um within the first uh you know kind of f- five years or so um another point though just kind of as, as we're wrapping it up 
to remind people like a lot of people now are obviously with you know n26 revolution and so on which are absolutely great and I, and I love them i think they're both great products but um people need to remember that revolution n26 offer absolutely no interest whatsoever it's not even 0.1 percent interest on savings even though they offer some really really cool ways to save so for example you know revolution has its vaults feature n26 has its has spaces um and you know, with vaults it's you know, it tops up your 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 so you know if you make it say buy a coffee for let's say 280 and you pay three to eighty, it'll, it'll topple up to three euro, and the twenty cent goes into your to your vault, it's like an online uh, coin jar. Uh, but but there's no interest on any of those whatsoever. So if you are one of those people who has you know accumulated a bit of money in either of those accounts, you know you really should be looking at at, at pulling it somewhere else, whereas at least earn even half a percent. You know. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it really is, especially for younger people as well, getting into a good savings habit from an early age. Yeah. And you, as you mentioned there with those specialized savings products, it really does instill a kind of a need for saving and kind of proper saving. But also where to put that then is also important. Yeah, I mean, I think saving from an early age is really, really important, but just make, make sure that you're, that you're doing it right, you know. Derek Cassidy, thanks so much for joining us today. You're welcome. So there you have it. We hope you found this episode useful and that it helped to shine a light on your savings options when planning for the future. If you do have any questions about today's topic, you can contact us with your questions on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. If you haven't already, why not check out some other episodes in our bonkers.ie Looks Closer podcast series. And to make sure you don't miss out on any updates from us down the line, make sure to subscribe to bonkers.ie on your podcast app of choice. 